about Jared Johnson? Where'd Jared go? Good Lord, Jared. Such a good word, man. <clears throat> My wife used to say that she spent many years shopping in other people's closets, trying to wear something that didn't fit her. Don't put on somebody else's armor, man. Carry what you got. Take the sling you got and practice it till you can use that thing for any battle that God sends you to. That's a great, great, great word. <clears throat> We're talking about the kingdom here at the hills. And um, I believe that God wants us to have a very clear understanding of the kingdom because that's what we're supposed to be a part of. We're not just supposed to be citizens of the kingdom. We're supposed to be ambassadors. Go away, frog, in my throat. You may be dismissed, all right? Everybody say ambassadors. Now, we've done this for a couple of weeks, but I want you to look at your neighbor, and I want you to say you're looking very, very, very diplomatic today. That's good because we're called to be ambassadors. We're supposed to represent the culture of the kingdom of heaven. We talk about culture. We're talking about the laws, the languages, and the currency. Let's say it again. The laws, the languages, and the currency. The currency of heaven is not gates of pearl and streets of gold, although it's all there. The currency of heaven is giving. For God so loved that he gave. Jesus gave his life, and now as his ambassadors, we're called to give our lives as well. Something I said last week that really resonated with me, and I've heard from a a lot of you this week uh, that said it resonated with you as well, that Jesus did not give his life so that we would just go on living ours. Jesus gave his life so that we would give our life. 2 Corinthians 5.15, and he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. This is the gospel. This is one of my favorite passages in the Bible because it takes the gospel and it shows he gave his life so that I would give my life. And then not only would I give my life, because it's not just about us laying our life down. If that's what your relationship with God is based on, that's legalism. You're always feeling like you got to lay something down. you got to do more. The point of laying our life down is so that Jesus Christ can be resurrected through us on a daily basis. That, that he can, the same spirit that raised Jesus, Romans 8 and 11 says, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, if He lives in you, just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living in you. In other words, He will, one translation says, He will quicken your mortal bodies. He will give your fleshly bodies life. And that's why it's so important to live a spirit-filled, spirit-led life. Because that spirit quickens you. It wakes you up. It gives you life. And then it continues to remind you, you're a child of God. You're a son of God. Man, I'll just stay right there and preach on that for a while. The currency of the kingdom is giving. Kingdom giving results in kingdom living. Kingdom giving results in kingdom living. And that is why God is so adamant about us being givers. Is because it is the path to abundant life. I'm going to say that again. 
The reason God is so adamant about you and I being givers is because it is the path to abundant life. It's the currency of the kingdom. I want to talk about one of the laws of giving. So if you're taking notes, write this down. One of the laws of giving or one of the principles of giving. And that is the principle in the law of sowing and reaping. I want to spend my time talking about that today. Sowing and reaping. Everybody say sowing. S-O-W-I-N-G. All right. Any seamstress here? Can anybody here? Can y'all sew S-E-W? Raise your hand because I'm looking for one. Thank you. Great. I'll talk to you after church. All right. I'm joking. We're talking about sowing though. The, the, the law of planting or sowing and reaping or harvesting. This is a law that was established at creation. Genesis 1 and 11. Then God said... Let the land sprout with vegetation. This is at creation. Every sort of seed-bearing plant and trees that grow seed-bearing fruit. These seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and trees from which they came, and that is what happened. I always love reading creation, how God says, and and that's what happened. Because God's word does not return void. Amen? The land produce vegetation. All sorts of seed-bearing plants and trees of seed-bearing fruit. Their seeds produce plants and trees of the same kind, and God saw that it was good. It's a principle. Seed. I'm I'm going to put within this plant the seed for it to continue on. Now, then the earth is flooded because of man's disobedience and sin. And the, earth, the entire earth is flooded and it's wiped out. And then now Noah's ark is, is resting on the mountain. Noah comes off of that ark. And look what the scripture says in Genesis 8 and 20. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord. And there he sacrificed his burnt offerings to animals and birds that had been approved for that, have been approved for that purpose. And the Lord was pleased with the aroma of the sacrifice and said to himself, I will never again curse the ground because of the human race. Even though everything they think or imagine is bent toward evil from childhood, I will never again destroy all living things. Let me pause right there. Did you see what just happened? Can you imagine the stench that was going on in the earth after the flood? Not just the earth covered with water, but every living thing had died. Can you imagine how nasty that was? And that all of a sudden Noah offers up a sacrifice. And the Bible says, and God smelled a sweet aroma. And he goes, that's it. Your worship just changed my mind. I'm never going to destroy man again because they're evil. And that's why God should destroy us, right? Right there. And then the Bible goes on to say that God placed a rainbow in the sky as a sign of his covenant. Many of us look at a rainbow and we think that's a sign for us. It's not. It's a sign for God. It's a string around his finger. Every time it rains and he thinks, man, I should just let it keep on raining. All right. These people have been met. All of a sudden the rainbow oh, can't do it because I've made a covenant with them. That's a good word right there. And then watch this, verse 28 or 22. As long as the earth remains, there will be. This side is ready, barely, but you were ready. As long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest. Cold and heat, summer and winter, 
day and night. So it's a law that's established at creation. And then after the earth is flooded, God reestablishes it again and says, I want everybody to know the law of planting and harvesting is forever. As long as there is an earth, it is forever. So this is one of those principles that is a principle in heaven and it's a principle in the earth. Just like when you, there are some, some things in laws in certain cultures that you could go from here to Russia and there would be certain laws that would be the same here and there. Right? It's the same thing there. This is one of those laws that it's a law of heaven, but it's represented in the earth. Let's look at Galatians 6 and 7 says, Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Or you will reap what you sow. Look at your neighbor and say, You are a sower. And you reap what you sow. It's a law. If you plant squash, you get... Mm, how many could go for some fried squash right now? Just raise your hand. If you plant tomatoes, you get tomatoes, right? If you plant it, that's what you're going to get. If you planted a tomato and you showed up a little while later and there was a watermelon there, what would that? You were like, something's not right here. It doesn't work. But for some reason, we don't think that it correlates with what we're doing. But it does. And it starts with what you sow. If you're taking notes, write this down. Sowing always starts with a seed. And as I read a moment ago, God placed every living thing, every living thing, God placed the seed for that living thing to continue on. For its legacy to continue on. Every living thing comes from the seed. The seed is the most vital part Of the creature. I'm going to say it again. The seed is the most vital part of the creature. And where does God place it? Within the creature. Within the plant. How many of you, if you have the, what's the most vital thing in your life? The most, what's the most vital thing in your home? Do you take it and just give it to your four-year-old? Here, just take this password to everything that we have. Hold it dear. And just here, this is the password and my social security number. So just take this, okay, child? No, you don't do that. But that's what God does. God takes the very seed that will produce a harvest in our life and further his kingdom. And he doesn't hold it to himself. He places it within us. Our very future is in us. That's powerful. Now, the problem is when we start thinking that we're the one with the power. Because every great invention, all riches, all relationships, everything comes from that seed. It's an idea. Oh, what if I do? How, what if we went to the moon? Or what if we, it all starts with this seed. And that can create this thing of, oh, I've got that in me. I can create. I can. We got to remember where that seed came from. Look at what 2 Corinthians 9 says. The most generous God. Aren't you glad you serve a generous God? How about the rest of y'all? Y'all like a stingy God? I said, aren't you glad you serve a generous God? The most generous God who gives seed to the farmer that becomes bread for your meals or becomes a harvest is more than extravagant with you. Oh, man, I love this. How many of you grew up thinking God was stingy? Just raise your hand. 
Yeah, it's going to barely, you're barely going to make it into heaven. You're just going to get enough to get by. You know, no, he's a generous God and he gives extravagantly. He gives you something that then, he gives you something you can then give away, which grows into full formed lives, robust in God, wealthy in every way, so that you can be generous in every way, producing with us great praise to God. So God gives us the seed so that we can plant it and receive a harvest. But many times, instead of us taking the seed that he gives us and planting it, we save it and we hoard it. And all he asks for is a seed. He doesn't ask for the entire harvest. You ever notice that? And he could. (laughs) He's God. We could just become slaves and we work and he reaps the benefits. But no, he says, I'm going to place within you a seed and all I ask for you to do is give that seed back. Take that seed and give it away. What you sow is what you harvest. So if you're not reaping harvest in your life, don't blame God. Don't blame your spouse. Don't blame your job. Look at what are you sowing? What are you planting? Because it is a law. You need some encouragement. You need some joy. Are you sowing that anywhere? You need financial blessings. You need direction. Are you sowing that anywhere? You're looking for a mentor. Who are you mentoring? You're looking for peace and yet all you do is sow strife? Come on, let me talk. I want my marriage to be blessed. You're not putting anything into your marriage. You work, you come home, you get on Netflix. Come on. Sow into what you want to see grow. If you want to harvest tomorrow, start sowing into it today. I want a great church. Are you sowing into your church? Are you giving? Are you serving? Are you praying? Are you responding? I want our neighborhood. Are you sowing it? Come on, I can just go on for days. But Jared took seven minutes of my time, so I'm going to have to hurry up. What you sow is what you harvest. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. God wants us to have a generous harvest. He wants you living a blessed life, the best life. That's what God wants for us. That's why he's always trying to get it in our brain, in our head, in our heart. Be a giver. God doesn't just want us to have a generous harvest. He wants us to have abundant harvest. He wants us to be overflowing. Look at what Proverbs says, Proverbs 3 and 9. Honor God with everything you own. Give him the first and the best. Now look at me. Do you hear what I said? Honor God with everything but give him the first and the best. So everything I have, I'm supposed to be using it to honor God, but I don't have to give it all to him. I don't have to write a check for my yearly salary and put the hills on. I don't have to do that. I don't have to go give away everything I have to to the, the poor. I don't have to do that. What he's saying is, honor God with everything I have, but give him the first and the best. And if so, your barns will burst. Your wine vats will brim over abundance. Everybody say first and best. If you and I will sow our first and our best, then we will reap heaven's best. 
I'm a living, breathing witness of that. In this room are people that are living, breathing witnesses of that. They've learned how to sow their best, sow their first, and because of that, God has opened up the windows of heaven, as Malachi said. that He. This is why tithing is so important. It's so important because it's our first and it's our best. It's that very first, the best of my increase, the best of my time, the best of my energy. And as soon as you give it, that first fruit becomes a seed for a future harvest. I'm going to say it again. As soon as it leaves your hand, that seed, that first fruit becomes a seed for your future harvest. So sow seeds today for what you expect tomorrow. It only takes one seed for a great harvest. However, it must be buried. It must be buried. Take the seed, bury it, and then you trust the ground with the process. The passage we read earlier in Genesis 8.22, I love reading in different translations. We read it, uh, I forget which one we read it, maybe the message, uh, no, the New Living Translation. Look at the NIV of Genesis 8 and 22. As long as the earth endures seed time and harvest. Everybody say seed, seed time, time harvest. harvest. That's the law of reaping and sowing. Or sowing and reaping. Seed. I take the seed, I bury it. That requires some faith, right? But here's where the faith really kicks in. Time. Yeah, really? You got to wait? It doesn't just pop up as soon as I plant it? No, that's called a weed, all right? But if you want, if you want something that's going to be sustainable and that you can eat and that you can enjoy, you got to give it time. I had a guy who was at a church conference this week in Texas. I was there for a couple of days and had a guy come up. Man, I'm watching what's going on at the hills. Man, it's great. It's, man, God's growing. What's happening? And, well, we've had God's doing great things. We've grown by 100% in, our, in, our, in the last year. And really grown. It's great. We added a third service. It's been awesome. We've got a building. Man, that's great, man. That's awesome. That just like happened so fast. Uh-uh. <laughs> no. <laughs> on social media, it happened really fast. <laughs> We've been at this for nine years, man, two years before we ever planted, seven years of just being faithful and setting up chairs and giving and serving and loving on babies, right, and, and parking cars and just being faithful to it, being faithful to it. Marriages, businesses, anything that's going to have some, some legacy to it is going to have some care attached to it. It takes some time. Everybody say Time. And then there's harvest. It requires faith, though. It requires trust. It it requires patience. And I'm going to say something right now. Your children may reap what you sow. Now look at me. The law of sowing and reaping does not mean that if you write a check today or you give encouragement today that you're going to get it tonight back or tomorrow or next year or year after next or maybe in your lifetime. But it could be that your children, as one writer said, sit under a shade tree from a seed that you planted. Maybe your children reap fruit. Maybe, maybe your children's children are dedicated in a building that you never sit in.
Let me encourage you today. When you give, don't see it as giving up or losing something. When you give, when you give $100 or $1,000 or $10, when you give it, it's easy to look at your bank account and go, well, that's not there anymore. And you see that as giving up or losing. Don't do that. See it as sowing. A real farmer never sows a seed and says, well, I'll never see that seed again. Well, that's just gone. No, he's, the reason he sows it because he knows or she knows that there's a harvest attached to it. Now, here's the revelation that I need to have, that we need to have. The harvest is in the seed. And that harvest is activated by sowing the seed. Now, I want you to write this down. If you're writing that down, I'm going to let you finish it because I want you to write the next statement down. What you do with what you have is what makes it a seed or a harvest. What you do with what is in your hands is what makes it a seed or makes it a harvest. In other words, I can take the seed and I can eat it. And that's all I ever get from that seed. Or I can take the seed and I can save it. And that's all I ever get is just a barn with a seed in it. And every seed I get, I put it in there and all I got is just a barn full of seeds. Or I can take that seed and I can plant it. And I can bury it. And when that happens, it's like selling something. Like someone asked me the other day, why do you give your books away? Why did you give your books away? Because if I sell it to you, if I say, Olivia, here's my book, it's $5. When I give you that book and you give me that $5, that's all I ever get from that book. But if I take and I give it to you, then I've just planted it. And now there's a harvest. What is that in your life that you're hoarding and saving and trying to buy and sell and invest and barter? And why don't you just give it away? What, what, what if you say, I give it away? Well, they owe me an apology. So there you go, bartering again. Just give, give forgiveness. Just hand it away. Amen. Woo! Look at one neighbor and say, he's not a great preacher, but that's good preaching right there, okay? Come on, I told you to say it. Just tell them. When you give something, it becomes a seed to a greater harvest. We pray for God to bless our harvest. How many ever prayed for that? God bless our harvest. But in reality, God blesses the seed. And he blesses it as soon as it's planted. God doesn't bless the harvest. He blesses the seed. And Jesus said this in John 12 and 24. Listen carefully. When Jesus says listen carefully, listen. Some translations say verily, verily, all right? Or verily, verily, okay? Verily, verily, I say unto thee. Now, verily, verily, or tape, listen carefully. Unless a grain of wheat is buried in the ground, dead to the world, it is never more than a grain of wheat. I got a grain of wheat. Wow. That's all it is until it's buried in the ground. But if it is buried, it sprouts and reproduces itself many times over. So how do I bury it? You give it away. And this is what God did. He had a seed called a son. And instead of saying, I'm going to sell it to you, you want to trade? He just says, no, I'm just going to give. I'm going to give my son his first and best. And he was literally buried in the ground. And the greatest harvest ever came forth. 
And you and I are here today because of that. What if God would have tried to sell Jesus to us? Well, you, how do you pay for that? It's Jesus. It's the Son of God. The only one. The first one. That's how God works. The kingdom currency is giving. Because God knows if we will start operating with that mentality, then abundance starts clicking and happening. Some of you have questioned this because you have said, well, I've been giving. I've been writing checks. I've been serving. I've been trying to love. But what's your mentality been like? Because next week we're going to learn it's not just what you sow, it's how you sow it. Because that's what turns it into a harvest. Because if it's begrudgingly, if it's resentfully, if it's, well, I gotta go. If it's that, how many know what I'm talking about? Slave mentality instead of a son mentality or a daughter mentality. But when that shift changes, then suddenly a kingdom currency kicks in. And I give a seed, man, I get an orchard. Thank you, Lord. I want this to help you today. What is your next step? What do you need to bury today? What do you need to plant? Do you need to plant yourself? Do you need to give your life up? Have you, have you never started a relationship with Jesus Christ? Have you ever said to him, I'm going to give my life up. I want to bury my life in you. Maybe that's your next step. Or maybe your next step today is that you need to recommit. Like you would call yourself a believer. People would look at you and maybe call you a Christian. But you know right here, you've never really been buried inside of him. You've never said, I I want you to have everything all of me. Maybe today it's, it's, it's you burying your talents. I'm not talking about like the parable of the talents where you hide them. I'm not talking about hiding them. I'm talking about burying them in Him. Saying, I'm going to take this, what I have, I'm going to give it to you. I got an email this week from a gentleman that attends our church. Uh, very, he's the top of the top in what he does in our city. The best that there is. And sent me an email and said, I want to, I want to offer my services. I'm going to just offer my services. I'm going to take care of all the costs. I want to offer them completely. I'm every bit of it. And he said, because you know my life's not my own. See, now that's a revelation right there. He just clicks. And it's like, wow, all right, here we go. Then it starts clicking for you. I went to click for you today. Maybe you need to make a commitment to be a tither. If you've never tithed, Malachi says, test me in this. Test me and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out so much blessings you can't contain. Your barns will burst as we read them. Your wine vats will overflow. More than you can handle. Well, I don't know if I want that much. Then you're selfish. I want more than I can handle because there are so many people out there that don't have enough. Man, let's pray. Close your eyes, please. Before I pray for you, how many of you right now know that you need to, you need to be buried with Him? If you today want to make a fresh start with Jesus Christ, you want to be buried inside of Him, you want to bury your life inside of Him, 
either for the first time or a recommitment. Would you raise your hand right now, right where you are? Come on, up high. Hold it up high. Keep it up. I see you. Man, that's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Two right here. That's awesome. Back there, back there. Amazing. Thank you, Lord. All right. You can put your hand down. How about those of you today that know you need to bury a talent? There's something you need to take a talent that you have, a gift that you have. You have some time. You have some energy. You have some talent that you know you need to be sowing. Would you raise your hand right now? So I, need, that's, I can plant that. That's awesome. All right. Put your hand down. Maybe for you it's giving. Anybody here today want to make a commitment? Make a commitment to be a giver? To be a tither? To give offerings? To say, I want to, I want to make that commitment today. Would you raise your hand? I'm going to make that commitment today. That's a part of what he's called me to do. Awesome. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for every person in this room right now. I thank you that your Holy Spirit is doing the work that only you can do. Our music can't do it. My speaking can't do it. Oh, but Lord, you can. You do all things well. I pray right now, Lord, for a revelation of kingdom living. A revelation of kingdom living. Let let us all today realize that this is not about me on a stage trying to talk them into doing anything. This is you, Lord. You want us to live an abundant, generous, overflowing life. And it starts by us being planted in you. Thank you, Lord. Let's all stand. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, raise your right hand. Repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for giving so that I can live abundantly. Today, I bury my life in you. My gifts, my talents, my money, my relationships, it's all yours. I'm believing for an incredible harvest. Forgive me of my sins and my selfishness. Today, I commit my life to you. I bury my life in you. Allow your Holy Spirit and resurrection power to live in me. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Praise God.